diehards, Wes Monell in the building for AWOL Sports, kicking it with Paul Durfee, Dill Monell. Hey, we're all that just like you. We watched All-Star Weekend. The captain's chilled on ice, man. KD, he's injured, we know that. But LeBron, 12 minutes, something like that. He pretty much took a night off. It was the show by Steph Curry and Dane Lillard. As for today, we're subbing off the bench and diving into the game. We want you guys to complete our roster. We need you as a fourth and fifth starter, so holler at us. All social media, you know where we're at. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all the comments. That's how you get in the game. Uh, so let's do, a, let's do a quick three-man weave here to warm up. We were going to talk all ball, but you guys are all over NFL free agency right now. Uh, so let's just start with NFL free agency, man. We talk all, we talk football, we talk basketball. This will be a basketball show. We'll get to the biggest surprise so far this season in the NBA, the biggest disappointment, and we'll see who can make a playoff push here, and then the MVP candidates. But as for football, man, you guys, you guys are firing, man. Uh, Paul, you you like that Yannick Ngakwe uh, signing by the Raiders, huh? Yeah, you know, you know, he's kind of been like, he doesn't seem like the type of guy who's going to like commit to a team. He kind of likes keeping his options open. It seems like he's moved around a lot. So I like that they did it as a short-term deal because he's kind of been not the most consistent motor guy. You know, he's kind of very talented, but you don't know what you're going to get from him. So you, you get him on a deal for two year, 26 million, not a lot of, not a lot of commitment at all. 13 million years, very fair. I think it was a great low risk, high reward deal for the Raiders. Love it. I know you do, Dill. Back with Gus Bradley. Yeah, definitely a nice reunion there. Just like Paul alluded to, uh, talents there, pass rush. You know, that's uh, definitely his best ability there. Uh, as far as the run game, that's definitely kind of what I've been seeing um, some downside of. Um, but as far as my concern at this point, adding him to the mix there with Cleveland Farrell and Max Crosby on the other side. Um, I, I think it's just a good, healthy rotation of players. So, and the two-year aspect, $13 million a year, I can't debate that. And uh, considering some of the other money that was spent uh, today on other pass rushers, I'm definitely going to take that deal. Uh, high risk, high reward uh, for both sides. He's only 25 years old. And uh, by the time his next contract runs out, if he does play that full two years, he's 27 looking for another big payday. So win-win for both sides, I believe. And then I think one of you mentioned that new starting quarterback in Washington, maybe. Oh, Fitzmagic. It's magic. Hey, you know what? Who knows? He might win that starting job. You never know. He wants to be a starter, so they must have told him, like, hey, we'll give you a chance to start, you know. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've seen as well, that he's, like, the presumed starter. And uh, But, yeah, Heineken could definitely win the job. So that'll be interesting to kind of see how that unfolds. I just don't know why they didn't roll with Alex Smith. But whatever. I mean – and then, all right, we'll touch up on one more football thing. The Patriots? Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> so they're clearly paying for that uh, that potential in John New Smith, aren't they? Yeah, you know, I was, I was all over that this morning. That was the first deal <laughs> I saw. And I was like, man, he's getting paid. He's the third highest paid tight end now behind Kittle and Kelsey. 
and I think there's a fair drop off there, you know, more than fair probably, but, you know, talents there, super athletic guy, but didn't even, didn't even get 500 yards last year. I know he had, I know he had the eight touchdowns, but not really a focal point in the offense last, last couple of years for Tennessee, more of just like a nice complimentary weapon. So, I mean, Hey, good for the Patriots if they can get the most out of him, but I feel like with his, you know, what he's done so far, I feel like they could have got him. Maybe they couldn't have got him for less. I don't know, but um, you know, now they really need that deal to work out. So, but Hey, they, I think they did a fair job the rest of the day. You know, Judon was a good signing and they got our boy Jalen Mills from the Eagles. So, I mean, they're, they had the most money going into today. I think they were number one in cap space. So, you know, Bill, Bill don't like losing. So one losing season and he's just like pushing all his chips to the table. I think they got Nelson Aguilar. They got Kendrick Bourne. I don't know who else. Yeah. <laughs> but, like a deep tackle or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually like all their signings. You know, I do. I, I think it's smart, especially how cheap their starting quarterback comes at. What, 15 mil or something for Cam? I thought I saw base is five and it can go up to 15 with incentives. Like 14, 15. Yeah. I think that, but I think the base is pretty low. Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. All right. Hey, so we got a little bit of football out of us. I, I know free agency is here. Uh, so we got four questions today in the association. First question. Paul, who has been the biggest surprise this season in your opinion and who's been the biggest disappointment so uh i went with the the jazz for my biggest surprise um i thought they'd be good you know but they really have taken a step forward this year and um you know it makes sense they've kind of kept their core together for a while in a in a in a league where a lot of people move around so you know they've even though rudy and donovan had their kind of miscommunications last year and they were kind of word was they weren't getting along well but you know it seems they've figured out that and you know I think they got one of the best coaches in the game super underrated um and uh yeah like I said they just they've kept their core intact Donovan Gobert they got Ingles who's one of the best three-point shooters they got Clarkson who's got major firepower coming off the bench um, they got guys like Royce O'Neal who can shoot the three, three and D guys. They got a nice mix of players. And then Conley is just that stable veteran point guard. So they got a really nice team. And, you know, I thought they'd be good, but I'm surprised they're, they're number one in point differential this year. They got the best record. I think they're top five in both um, offensive and defensive rating this year. So they've really just like really taken off and showing that, you know, like I said, they have the highest point differential league too, so I don't think it's a, a fluke. So, you know, they're really – I think they're the best three-point shooting team in the league too. So, you know, just, you know, I guess interesting to see them come together this quick and, and then we'll see if they can carry it on through the rest of the regular season. And you know what? Dylan picked the same team as you. There you go. <laughs> I absolutely did. Uh, I was definitely torn between another team. Looks like we uh, definitely might touch on them right now as well. Uh, but just like what Paul said, right, they have a good mix of their team. Uh, the thing that surprised me was just consistency, right? Uh, I think no doubt the talent was there. Jordan Clarkson definitely taking it to another level this year. So 
absolutely excited for him. Um, always root for stories like that. So uh, just keep trying to find your niche, you know, in the NBA, just to stick around and find the team. Everything's all about timing as well, just like life. So, uh, but yeah, the consistency, I think that's going to be the biggest thing for me. Uh, I think they're super talented. I still can't pick them to necessarily win, but they're definitely my biggest surprise so far because of the fact that they've been so consistent. They're sitting at the top of the West. Uh, I don't think any of us three actually picked them to be sitting there, at least at this point in the season, nor by the end of the season, which they're still projected to you know, finish up at. So that's pretty impressive what they're doing, no doubt. That's true. Agreed. I, I mean, I thought they would finish top four, and you know how it goes. At the All-Star break, someone's going to – someone's going to be leading their conference. You know, we've seen the Hawks do it uh, to the Raptors having that year. It's kind of what we see that the real test is the rest of the way for Utah. Can you finish? And, you know, and I don't mean finish the rest of the season. I'm talking about the playoffs. Absolutely agree with you guys. Utah. Yeah. They're number one right now. The only team in the league, I believe with single digit losses, at least heading into the all-star break. And uh, I had to throw throw a couple teams on here to show some love. Suns, they're second in the West, right behind the Jazz that you both love right now. They're picking up where they left off in the bubble last year. Chris Paul, to, to be honest, he's earning my respect from last season in OKC to now in the desert, leading this young squad, getting the most out of high draft picks. And they haven't been that great. So there's a lot of high draft picks. There's Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Michael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and right now seven guys are scoring in double figures. That's team basketball. I like what they're doing. Do I think that's sustainable? I mean, less sustainable than Utah. That's that's as far as I'll go right now. Uh, I don't I don't want to down a team that's that's been hot since the bubble. Uh, and look. Phoenix is finally at a point they've grown tired of acquiring more high draft picks and now they're balling. So uh, second most wins in the league right now at CP three, I think he deserves some MVP consideration for the impact numbers may not match up, but we'll talk about the MVP conversation actually to end the show. Um, I also want to throw the Knicks in there. Uh, you know, there's that guy named Julius Randle, <laughs> high draft pick, questionable. I think it was seventh, uh, seventh overall pick coming out of college with a leg injury, I believe. Uh, I was yeah. great. Right. Yeah, first year he broke his, broke his leg. Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty hard on him, man. But as many of us were, he, you know, this is not the only team he's played for in the league. 23-11-5 is what he's putting up a night. I'm impressed because it's not much of a roster, nor am I that surprised when you really think about it. What does a Tom Thibodeau team do? They grind and they're, and they're good in the regular season. And he plays his starters 45 minutes a game. <laughs> yeah, guaranteed. No questions. Absolutely. In this situation, probably has to, but uh, I like that they traded for Derrick Rose. I know Taj Gibson, another, another familiar face. That's three three people you know rose coach tids taj all from chicago so there's familiarity they're gonna bring a you know a workers man mentality they're gonna carry it out the rest of the way i don't know if they're gonna win though guys but i see they're squeezing everything they can out out of this lemon because <laughs> not 
I'm, I'm looking at this roster right now, and it's I'm just saying Tibbs is doing it again, a team of who's, and I'm not talking about Dr. Seuss. I'm talking about who, who as in Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, Nerlens Noel, I know it was a high draft pick, Austin Rivers, Alec Burks. Look, it's not pretty, but right now they're grinding. They got the third most boards in the league, and they're shooting 12th from downtown. Uh, we know the challenges ahead, but I think that's why they traded for D Rose. Different player than he used to be, but I think he's still a good player. Uh, what do you guys think of the Suns and Knicks? Um, I'll, I'll go first. Um, yeah, the the Suns. I, I completely agree with you. You know, they got good balance, and it's crazy to think like Chris Paul went to a team that was basically trying to tank, and he took them to the playoffs, and they almost won in the first round last year. It's like, and then he comes to Phoenix and they're playing better than ever. So it's like, yeah, you got to put him in the MVP conversation. The dude is just like the perfect team guy can fit any system, just like help lead the locker room. Young guys, like the guy just does it all. I mean, and a few years ago, I think at least I thought he was kind of done because he kept getting hurt. You know, he's always have like hamstring injuries and knee, knee stuff flare up, but you know, the last couple of years, I mean, he's had a couple of games he missed, but I mean, for the most part, he's stayed pretty healthy too. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good to see, you know, Phoenix hasn't been good in a while. So it's, it's good to see them uh, coming back. They also got my boy, uh, Dario Sarge coming off the bench. Right. You know, I miss him from the Sixers, but, uh, no. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's good. You know, they're playing big time team basketball. They got, he's Booker's playing, you know, much better, more of a, team guy instead of just you know jacking up 30 shots a game now he can actually play and rely on others to help out so and and michael bridges is probably one of the best three and d guys now in the league so they got a nice little mix and and an eight and he's not doing he's not having a crazy year but he's he's solid and he gives you good rim protection so they got a nice balanced roster um and then for the knicks um the only thing I'll add, I think you covered a lot of good tip topics is, well, first off is when is my boy Obi going to get some more playing time? Man? Yeah, I was waiting for that. <laughs> Freaking Tom, he won't give any young guys some playing time, but no, nah, I mean, uh, and, and uh, they've been doing it without Mitchell Robinson. Who's, who's starting to come into his own, you know, he's supposed to come back in a few weeks, I think from a hand injury, you know, he's, he's turning into a pretty good big guy and, you know, Randall's – I think Randall's leading the league in minutes played. Shocker. He's, he's a new, like, new all dang who plays, like, 46 minutes a game. So, um, <laughs> but like you said, he's putting up numbers. He's – now he can – he's, like, almost a 40% three-point shooter. So, he's really expanded his game and can basically do it all, you know. Um, so, it's crazy. And then, also, I'll throw out a, a manual quickly. He's kind of maybe someone people don't know about, but he – he can come off the bench and, you know, fill it up for them too. He's been, he's had some nice games for them off the bench. So um, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's given Knicks fans a little bit of hope that maybe, you know, they can at least, you know, maybe for this year, at least get like a seven or eight seed and kind of, you know, see what they can do in the playoffs or maybe higher, who knows, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been interesting to see how the teams kind of come together under, under Thibs. Hey, no doubt. Uh, I was actually torn between choosing between the Jazz and the Knicks, so I'm thankful that uh, they actually made this list here. And uh, 
again, I'm a Duke <laughs> fan, so all my Cameron crazies aren't going to like this, but I've actually loved Julius Randle since the beginning uh, due to the draft process and everything. So super stoked to see him ball out. And yeah, hey, if you get 40 minutes a night, you better capitalize on it, right? So at least he's doing uh, what he's supposed to be doing with Tib. So shout out to that. Uh, yeah, dropped another 30 tonight. <laughs> and hey, at least Obi got some playing time tonight, Paul. He got four minutes, so <laughs> slowly but surely. But I like Obi as well. Um, but yeah, shout out to Emmanuel as well. Uh, another underrated guy dropped another twenty piece tonight too. So uh, came up short against Brooklyn. Um, that was definitely a tough loss. So um, I'm sure there's going to be some question marks about some of the refereeing at, uh, during this game as well, which has been a huge topic lately. So, um, but besides for that, definitely stoked for the Knicks. And I guess New York always deserves a winner. So. Hey, they're having around 500. Hopefully they do make the playoffs and, you know, just give them a little something and get that team to develop, right? Get some of that uh, playing time in the playoffs. That's going to be valuable down the line here for all of these guys as they move forward. And, and it's then, so fun to hear Mike Breen, man. Right? Mike Breen, bang. Legendary. <laughs> I so think he actually has something to cheer for, right? <laughs> Mike Absolutely. Breen. And then MSG, you know, when there's history, there's history. I, I get it. It what we all can remember, it's losing history. But what we all hear about is the mystique of Madison Square Garden and everyone playing there. So hey, why not? I would love to see some playoff basketball in New York again. Right. I don't think there's uh, anything wrong with that. <laughs> and then to piggyback off that question, we're we're cheating by sneaking this in just to piggyback off. Um disappointing teams this year at least till the all-star break um so i got the i got the pelicans um they're right now i think they're sitting at 17 and 22 they uh they got the same record as okc who's literally in full tank mode um it's just it's just disappointing to see you know the kind of the team they put together i know it's maybe kind of not the best fits but you know, if you look at their starting five, they got Steven Adams at the five, who's, who's a legit center. They got Zion at the four, who's been balling. He's averaging 25 and seven. They got, they got Lonzo, who, you know, you know, he's kind of up and down, but, you know, he's super talented. Then they pick up Eric Bledsoe, who's, who's still, um, you know, kind of looking like he might have lost some, but he's still, he's still a good player. And then, and then Brandon Ingram at the three. So, I mean, you look at that starting five, you think like, okay. And then coming off the bench, you got Josh Hart, one of the best bench players in the league. Um, it's like, and then JJ Redick, you know, knockdown shooter. I mean, that top seven right there, you feel like should be able to compete at least for a top eight spot in the West. So I feel like it's just a little disappointing to see where they've ended up this year so far, especially, you know, given their, their talent level. And um, if you look at, I guess if you had to point to a reason why, I think they're last I looked, they're 28th in def defensive rating. So, you know, they don't play any defense. They like to play at a fast pace. So, you know, it hasn't worked out for them. I feel like, you know, defensively, they should be good. You know, Zion should be able to play defense. Adams can lock down the paint. You know, Lonzo's supposed to be known for his defense. You know, so it's just, and Ingram's super long. So you feel like, with that team, they should be able to get some steals or blocks and, you know, just be able to just overall defend better. Um, so that's, that was my pick. Well, I mean, I don't know what you and Dill are on right now, but 
you're on the same wavelength tonight. <laughs> it is absolutely nuts, Paul. Yeah, that was a uh, same deal for me. Um, I couldn't even set it better myself if I'm being honest. Like, again, Duke fan, so maybe I'm biased. I got a ton of love. I got the Dukies on this squad here. But it, it's just, it really is just disappointing, right? Coming into the season, there's so much talent, the intrigue, obviously Zion developing. Um, I love what he's doing, but just as a whole, as a team, it's just uh, it's not coming together, right? So I don't know if that's just coaching, you know, Stan Van Gundy. I got love for him. You know, he used to coach my squad and everything. But ultimately, I don't really like that, the lack of emphasis that they place on defense right now. Um, that's, that's just energy and hustle. Like, that's just bringing that every single night. And I find that a lot of young teams, kind of like the position they're in, they kind of struggle with that portion. Um, so maybe the leadership, whether that's on the court or the coaching staff, something's got to be addressed there to kind of re-emphasize like, hey, yeah, we're not going to be the best defensive team in the league. That's not what we're asking for, but we got to be able to. Like you mentioned, someone like Brandon Ingram, come on, man, you, you got to be able to use your length. And, you know, all these guys are super athletic. There's no reason um, they shouldn't be at least competitive on the defensive end. Uh, and then I think they just rely too much on ISO ball. Again, is that a mix of just the young players not knowing what to do and trying to defer to, you know, some of the bigger names that they have there between Zion and Brandon Ingram? Or is that just how the offense is truly designed? Um, so that's kind of my situation uh, that I'm staring at and I'm trying to figure it out kind of what the issue is. And uh, maybe they can address it the second half of the season. Uh, I just don't like the chances at this point. I hear you. I don't, I don't disagree. I, Y'all hit that on on the head there about the Pelicans. Uh, more on them in a moment. Uh, I threw on a couple teams again here. Uh, start off with Houston. Look, they started the season with James Harden. They don't have him anymore. But then I was thinking, they they went from 55 wins, 65, 53. Come on, man. This is a team that's been in the second or second round of the playoffs or the Western Conference Finals. Right now they have John Wall, Victor Oladipo. That sounds nice. To fall off to, to having the third worst record in the league? If you're a Houston fan, just think about it. You're used to winning. You have an MVP on your roster. Hey, you just Christian have- Wood, too. Yeah, that's that's my boy, C. Wood. Wood. <laughs> it, you just had CP3 uh, – Russell Westbrook, you had guys come in, you trade Clint Capella, you're you're deep into the playoffs, and now here you are. So I was just trying to look at it from a fan perspective. I'd be pissed off to be a Rockets fan right now. Absolutely pissed. And I'm looking at the Celtics. Isn't this the same thing? It's the same thing about the Celtics every year. Like, Paul, this is why I critique Brad Stevens. Great X's and O's. I don't know about his leadership. I, I, I think if his leadership was there at this point in time, we would see the results. I love the future of these two that you see, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Awesome. Maybe some people are off of this bandwagon right now. As a tandem, I still love the tandem. They just need some more games together. And there's just something about having a, a scoring point guard on this team. It's not working. It's just not working. Kyrie's out. What's up with Kemba? I mean, maybe Terry Rozier would have worked, although he likes to score the rock as well. It just, for a short amount of time when Kyrie was out, they looked good with Terry, who just, I think, last week hit a game winner in front of MJ in the stands. 
I digress. Look, it, you got to be disappointed to be a Celtics fan. Every year, oh, we have all these picks and we have all these stud players and then, oh, we make a move, splash Kyrie. And then, oh, no, nah, he wasn't right for us. Kemba, Gordon Hayward, like, what's going on? Like, I, I get it. I'm not going to be too critical of Brad Stevens at first head coaching gig. Not his first year, but his first stint in the league doesn't always work out for everybody. I'm not saying he's terrible. I love Brad Stevens, Paul. I'm just being critical because I think there's other elements he needs to fulfill. And a lot of the blame can go to Danny Ainge. This team should not be hovering around 500. Am I streaming Mayday? Yes, because of their history and leading up to this point. It's Mayday for the Celtics because there's four other teams I consider to be more of a contender to make it out the East than them. I have them at fifth right now. I mean, am, am I overreacting on the Celtics or the Rockets? Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, well, first off for the Rockets, I, I actually kind of like the direction they're going because I think Harden basically forced their hand. and was like, Hey, you got to trade me at this point. So, you know, as, as hard as it is for a team to tank, they kind of have to do it. You know, you got to accumulate picks. You got to figure out ways to, you know, get, get younger players and just kind of build from the bottom, you know, cause you know, that's, that's just the, that's just the way they, once Harden left, they knew they weren't going to contend. So, you know, it's, and then Christian Wood's been out with an ankle injury most of the year, but he's, he's shown he's, he's the real deal, you know, after, you know, that half season in Detroit last year, where he kind of balled out, you know, he's showing like, Hey, you know, he's, he's legit. I think he's like 22 and 12 right now before he went down with the injury. So, you know, and then Oladipo is kind of just a, a fill in. I'm sure they'll try to trade him at the deadline, maybe, John Wall for Russell Westbrook. That was the weirdest trade ever. I don't understand. I mean, they're just maybe just hoping for a change of scenery. But I think basically what they want to do is just clear the decks of those salaries and just kind of try to start over. It seems like that's what they're doing now. They're, they're kind of just, just playing young guys like Kevin Porter Jr. is getting a chance now to start. It's just like these random guys who went – I mean, Kevin Porter was just a couple weeks ago. I didn't even know if he was going to be in the league anymore because of all the – off the court stuff. So it's just, just a weird situation. I don't know who's tanking harder, Houston or OKC. So, but <laughs> uh, the Pistons, <laughs> I know, right. They, they need to tank too. Right. Oh mm. man. But, uh, and then for the Celtics, um, uh, just kind of touch on some points that maybe uh, you didn't talk about is I think a big reason is Kemba's health. He's kind of been up and down as far as if he's going to play or not. He's been dealing with some knee injuries. Because um, when he's not playing, if you actually look at the roster, it's very thin. Um, you got Jalen Brown. You got um, Jason Tatum, obviously. But then Smart's a nice player, but he's not going to give you much offense. And he's also been hurt a lot most of the year as well with, with different things. And then outside of those three guys, like, if, if Kemba and Smart's not playing, they don't really have – they don't have – they have no bench. You know, Robert Williams has had some good games, but you can't really rely on him not for, for much scoring as well. So I feel like there's kind of just a combination of, of a lot of things with how thin their roster is and, you know, how Kemba's not really been able to show up for them. Um, so we'll see what they do at the trade deadline. I still think – you know, if they can get Kemba back fully healthy and smart, healthy for the playoffs and maybe 
pick up someone at the deadline, I think they could still make some noise. I don't know. If, I don't think they can win it all, but, you know, I think they can still be a threat. Uh, yeah, no doubt uh, about the Celtics. They can still absolutely be a threat. Um, I'm just, I'm not picking them at this point. I'm, I've definitely been off the ship for about two years there. Uh, definitely love the talent. Again, maybe the Duke bias. I love Jason Tatum. And uh, I, I still think they definitely need room to grow and mature as that tandem, kind of as you alluded to, maybe just get a little bit more time together. But ultimately, I'm, I'm kind of with you in that same boat there as far as Brad Stevens. Um, I feel like the leadership thing, right? Again, with Stan Van Gundy, again, this is Stan's first year there. So I guess we can give him a little more leeway uh, than Brad Stevens at this point. But um, what does Brad Stevens have to do to lose his job or to keep his job? I'm really curious, you know, as we move forward here, kind of what the move is going to be, or is it more about roster management? Um, like Paul said, I think they are a little thin as far as it uh, comes to like a deep run in the playoff. And they're, they always feel like they're a move away from, you know, bringing in some additional talent to compete, but every year it never follows through. So I'm just really curious when they kind of stop trying to go that route and, you know, maybe move on from Brad Stevens, if that is the direction they want to go. Um, but as far as the Rockets, I don't know, coming into the season, I didn't really have any expectations if I'm being honest. Uh, it just felt like for them, the story, this, their season story is basically one foot out the door <laughs> with Harden, Maury, like there was so much turnover. So I don't think anybody outside of the fan base had any kind of real expectations other than, okay, well, we get to see John Wall play. We get to see, you know, DeMarcus Cousins on the court. We get to see, you know, Seawood out there in a bigger role, bigger capacity after he got his deal. Um, and Oladipo, another guy, one foot out the door, can't seem to find a home either. I'm still struggling to kind of find that. So honestly, zero expectations. So kind of expected uh, Houston to kind of be where they are right now. Definitely the Celtics. <laughs> to me, there's no reason they should be hovering around 500 uh, with the top heavy talent that they have. I feel like you can get away with, uh, with that during the regular season, but in the playoffs, that's usually where you get exposed. Points, all good points. All right, guys, sit for a guard. I'm gonna call a halftime from that NBA stuff. <laughs> this NFL stuff right now, you guys are killing me, dude. Paul, you, you're going off on Taysom Hill. Dylan's going off on the Chiefs right now. Well, we're just talking about the myth of the, the salary cap. Apparently, only a few teams know that this is not a real thing. So the rest of us are catching up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah they make such a big deal about people being over the cap but then because there's no guarantee there's all these non-guaranteed money so you can like you can restructure deals to make your cap hit lower this year and lo longer down the road or you can add like you can add extension extended years that are all voidable so it helps get you under the cap but technically they're just like fake contract years like it's just it's just it's just dumb so guys diehards during the break we, we took a little intermission uh before we hit record again these guys are going off on Taysom hill's contract the four, <laughs> it's a pseudo contract <laughs> say it correctly <laughs> all void years. oh man <laughs> in what in what other sport can you set up a contract like that? It's ridiculous. 
I'm gonna assume all of them. I don't know. Like I'm sorry, Tyler Johnson cashed every check on his on his big old deal in the NBA, <laughs> right? Does anybody remember Tyler Johnson? I don't know. Still oh Just man, one example. Mm. But yeah, sorry, salary cap is a myth, guys. So don't don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, you can restructure every single player on your team. Yeah, and you will get under the cap. Or you sign a new player like the Chiefs, like we were talking about too, 16 million a year average, but only has yeah. a four and a half million cap hit this year. So I don't want to put this out in the universe, but they can go get another offensive lineman that's highly touted right now uh, who's a free agent. So I don't want to put it out there. Though. <laughs> Jeez, it's crazy. Maybe they'll just add 10 more years to Mahomes' contract that are fake. 25 year deal. And it will save them fifty million in cap this year by doing that. Some stupid rule that some some nerd behind the scenes is cooking up. Some cap expert trying to figure out ways to get under the cap. Why is there so many so many random things you can do to get under the cap that don't make any sense? Dude. Yeah, I would love to sit in on some meetings with capologists for all these teams. That must be fun. <laughs> Oh, check out Joe Banner, man. He he shares some good things. Former Eagles GM. Uh, all right, diehards. <laughs> this all started. Don't let me fool you. I'm not a choir boy. Uh, these these guys started talking free agents and destinations and this and that, and then draft. And then I'm an Eagles fan, just like Paul. And then Dylan asked Paul about, oh, number six, who you getting? Paul says Jamal Jamar Chase, and I. I'm livid again, but <laughs> I, I want a I want a strong defense for the Eagles. They haven't had a defense to fear in years. I don't want a receiver for a quarterback that's going to run and for an offense <laughs> run. All right, I, I want to stay as close to choir-ish as possible. So um, maybe we'll talk with the birds another day. But yes, Dylan, your team is interested in Juju and replacing. Elson Aguilar. So, all right, all right. Back to the association, where a little bit more happier these days. Uh, Dill. Next question. Start us off. What team is coming out of the Eastern Conference this man? I'm actually mad. I'm admitting this out loud, but it's another than than the trio in Brooklyn. I'm sorry, Paul. Unfortunately, oh. um, I love Philly. I love what they're doing. Um, I just, I genuinely feel like they're just too talented, and uh, I, I think they actually would have enough to overcome uh, any kind of lack of like chemistry as far as a deep playoff run together. Um, in the East, I just, I genuinely don't see anybody beating them in a series at this point. Uh, it's definitely going to be tough, though. I don't think it'll. I don't expect anything less than six or seven games against you guys, especially you guys got too much firepower down low. Um, that's going to be tough for them to overcome, but ultimately these three guys down here in the bottom, right. I, I think that's going to be a little bit too much when Kevin Durant's back. Yeah, I, I can see that point. Um, they're especially if Durant's healthy and Kyrie's engaged and he's not out to lunch somewhere. Um, you know, I think, <laughs> 
you know, they could definitely be very good. Um, the only thing that the only reason I think the Sixers can come out is because they actually play defense and the Nets don't believe in it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I just feel like, especially with Embiid, like DeAndre is getting laughed at for how bad his defense is this year. So, I mean, Embiid could literally average 70 points against against them in a series. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just feel like with Embiid and Simmons, you know, two of the best defensive players in the league, I think obviously you can't shut down, you know, the net scoring because those are three of the best scorers in history of the NBA, you know. So it's going to be – it'll be a tough series, but I don't know if, uh, you know, I think I – think since the Sixers actually are a good defensive team, they can, they can overcome, you know, the offense, the offense, the Nets, you know, and, and, and the Nets got to stay healthy, you know, so that's, that's a big question mark too. So, um, no you know, it's going to depend a lot on those other players on the Sixers besides MB, you know, if they can get, if Tobias can play like an all-star, like he has this first half and, and if Seth and, you know, all their bench guys can hit threes, you know, that's going to be a big thing. And if, you know, Simmons can do what he does. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, that'd be great if they could meet up in the Eastern conference finals. I think that would be, that would be a matchup. Everyone would want to see. So. Big time. That was an interesting point on Embiid scoring. I I know 70 was outlandish, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I want to back it up a little bit. Last three seasons, Embiid shooting 80% from the stripe. This year, career high, 86. Pretty impressive, man. Uh, look, can we can we show some love real quick to some of the other teams in the East? Uh, I mean, yeah, the favorites are on the left right there, the two teams you just talked about. I think you guys are split on those. Maybe I'll have to be the decision breaker here, tiebreaker. Uh, Giannis, man, he's been a consistent MVP candidate. They finished first a couple of times in the East. They, they made an Eastern Finals appearance. Uh, Milwaukee's been strong in the re- stronger in the regular season. They've been favorites in the postseason, and they haven't come through yet. I don't think any of us see that changing this year. Uh, I mean, it's not easy to make playoffs four years in a row, which is what they've done. It is a little disappointing. They only had one ECF appearance. Uh, but they're second in scoring. Milwaukee is second in scoring, fourth in shooting, and from downtown. You know, fourth from the field, fourth from downtown. Milwaukee, they won't be a tough out. That's uh, I, I, still a tough team to play. And then on the other side, they're set box, eighth in rebounds, tenth in assists. So that's the epitome of team ball. They're gonna, I think they're gonna make the Nets. They're gonna make the Nets play team ball to beat them. That's what they're going to do at the very least. I don't think you can play iso ball and, and just dominate Milwaukee. I just don't. Uh, Philly, I think that's an interesting matchup between Philly and Milwaukee. I really do. Um, I think Milwaukee, they just have that experience together. That, that's what I like about Milwaukee. Uh, Boston, you know I'm, I'm, I'm off that bandwagon right now. Not that I was on it. Dylan, I know you're not on it. Paul. I think you're you're off of it with us. Uh, mm-hmm. I do want to shed a light. Six straight playoff appearances, including three Eastern Conference Finals. 
Look, that's pretty impressive. That shows that they're the clearly the most experienced out of all five of these teams. I only consider these five teams to be any sort of contenders in this Eastern Conference. Uh, and then, you know, for all the woes that the Celtics are going through, they're 10th in shooting uh, from the field and from downtown and in steals. And then I, I look and I see, okay, I, I see what they had. They had Doc Rivers. They had the big three, the veteran team, young Rajon Rondo, and they had some success and they had to move on. So I'm not, I'm not trying to compare, you know, a championship roster back in like 2010 or 09 to today. Clearly you see what Danny Ainge had to do. He went from the vets and the older coach to this, this young squad. I just think they just need more time. I mean, who, who knows how much time is enough time until there's big changes, though. Uh, I, I actually think, in the end, Boston might be the weakest team in this group. And a lot of people, diehards, you listening, I know. Uh, I want to hear these guys do, too. We want to read them. But I know Miami's 500. Jimmy Butler missed some games, and they're struggling to defend the East. Yes, they just made the finals. Uh you know, they're shooting a shade under 80% from the line, which is better than all of these teams. Uh, that's an advantage. They do get to the free throw line. They do finish buckets in the paint. They're second in blocks, eighth in boards. Um, man, I mean, it's just a tough squad. I, I think they're better with Jimmy Butler healthy, finally. Bam's missed a couple games. He'll be back in. I don't think there's any easy out here, but I think Boston's the weakest of the contenders. Uh, Dill, you picked the Nets. Paul, you picked the Sixers. <sighs> I I don't want to pick the Nets. It's just so hard not. To. It it's really hard not to pick the Nets. Am I rooting for them? Hell no. I think they're all weak minded. I'm not a fan. I I absolutely disqualify all three of them from being an MVP as long as they play together. I just do. Um. So yeah, I, if I had to break this tie, I'd I'd ride with Dylan in the Nets. I don't want to. If they meet Philly in the ECF, I'm rooting for Philly. If they meet any <laughs> all day, <laughs> any of these teams, I'm rooting for all of these other teams. <laughs> so if I had to pick a third team that I think is the strongest, since I'm kind of ranking them, I kind of put Brooklyn, Philly, and then at the end I put Boston. So that means I gotta kind of put Miami and Milwaukee somewhere. I'll give the edge to Miami over Milwaukee. Um, I'm a big Jimmy Butler fan. I think they have the spacing all over the floor and and Bams just gotta stay healthy. I know, I know um he only got hurt last postseason. He's just nicked up right now. He'll be back. I want to see Jimmy and Bam play healthy. I think that's a tough out. Um if you guys had to pick a third best team in the East or or that or that third team that could reach the finals. Who would you pick? Man, I I think I like your I agree about the Celtics. I just don't see them. You know, I like I said earlier, if if uh Kemba and Smart are healthy, I think they could be tough, but I don't think they're better than Milwaukee or Miami at this point. Um and you like you said about Miami, you know, they're basic they're a little above five hundred right now, I think. Um but, you know, they got hit hard by COVID earlier in the year. A lot of COVID people had to sit out. No, Jimmy had to sit out earlier because of COVID, and Bam's been in and out of the lineup. So I think with everyone in the lineup for them, they'll definitely be a tough out. 
So I see them, you know, if they can get it together for sure, I think they can, but um, I feel like Milwaukee, the one thing about them, the past couple of years is, you know, now that they have a lot of experience in the playoffs, I feel like that's going to serve them well. So I give the slight edge to them as the third, as the third best behind uh, Philly and Brooklyn. Cause I don't know. Giannis is still, still the same dominant player and, you know, they can shoot, they can shoot the lights out. Maybe, maybe rely on the three too much at times, which can get them into trouble. Um, but I feel like that playoff experience in the last couple of years will really serve them well. And, you know, they just, they have the talent to do it. So I think I'll have to give the slight edge to them. Yeah, that's definitely tough. Uh, I definitely agree with you though, that the, I think the cumulative playoff experience that they've dealt with and some of the hardships and, you know, some of the losses that they had to go through so far, um, you know, it's definitely going to help them. I still personally give the nod to the Heat as well. Um, I'm definitely in that boat. Uh, just like you both alluded to, the addition of Jimmy Butler coming back and just kind of a weird season, obviously for everybody in the league, but I know they were hit especially hard with the COVID situation. Um, in the last 10 games, they're 9-1. and one, So they're, they're definitely kind of hitting the ground running at this point, getting everyone back together and uh, trying to make another run at this thing. And, you know, the second half of the season is going to be huge. Uh, just as far as, hey, where are they going to place? Who are they going to match up with, right? Uh, I think that's going to be a big thing in the top four seating here in the East uh, to kind of finish off to see who's really going to be able to make that ECF run. Good stuff. All right, all right. Well, maybe not conference finals in this case, but let's circle back to a player we mentioned earlier, a team we mentioned earlier as far as being disappointing. So, Dill, you can lead us off here. Currently 11th in the Western Conference and six games under 500. This was your question. Will the New Orleans Pelicans make a playoff push? Man, that's <laughs> super tough. Uh, again, I, I love all the talent there. Um, they're not too far off, right? When you actually look at the standings, there's definitely room for them to do that. Um, unfortunately, I just don't see that gap being met at this point. I, I like the Grizzlies. I like John Morant. He's back. He's balling just like he never missed a beat. Um, the Warriors still hanging around being competitive. Uh, Steph and Draymond, they're not going to go away anytime soon. Um, they're going to be battling for the last spot with Luka uh, and the Spurs. I'm really interested to see kind of how the Spurs shakes out. So honestly, I'm not even counting the Blazers. I think that gap's a little bit too big until they see uh, the Pelicans starting to kind of pick up. Uh, in the second half of the season here. But ultimately, uh, I, I don't see the Pelicans doing that, kind of as Paul alluded to as well, just that defense. Um, if they're not going to play any type of defense the second half of the season, they're going to have zero chance to even make it in the playoffs. And even if they do sneak in, they're not going to be, be able to win in a series that way, not at all. So unfortunately, I, I have them missing the playoffs this year, and I think that's a huge disappointment and a step back in their development. So before, before Paul goes... What two teams do you think finish seventh and eighth? I think Danny uh, right there. I'm gonna go right now. I'm I'm gonna go with the Mavericks and the Warriors. I don't know if the Spurs can hang on to that. Maybe that's just a little bias in me uh, having a little love for the Warriors. Um, but ultimately, I, I don't know if the the Spurs will be able to kind of keep that pace the second half of the season here. Even though they are oppressive, and I do like some of their players, but uh, yeah, I think Mavs and Warriors ended up pulling that out in the 7-8 seed there. 
man, stop stealing my thunder, man. I was going to say the same thing. but uh, No way. <laughs> no, yeah, because, I mean, like you said, the Spurs, I think they're a nice story so far, but they're probably going to fall off a bit, especially with Aldridge most likely getting traded. Yeah. He's not going to play another game with them. DeRozan, he might get traded too. So they're not really in a win-now mode. So I don't see them being fully committed to try to get that, like, playoff spot. And then the Mavs, you know, I mean, if Porzingis comes back and, and he's healthy, there's no way they shouldn't at least move, maybe even move up to the six or the five seed. Like, they're way, way too talented. And, and yeah, with Warriors, Steph's just playing such a high level right now. I think they're a better team with the Warriors than the Grizzlies, you know, um, when they're clicking on all cylinders. So, so yeah. And then – and then with the Pelicans, obviously, we talked about them earlier, but I agree that I don't see them making a playoff push, you know. And we talked a lot about them earlier, but one thing I'll add is that, you know, there's a lot of chatter about, like, trade rumors too, so I don't – with them. So I don't know if that mm-hmm. is maybe taking some some att- attention away from them being able to kind of put it together because, you know, Bledsoe's kind of been playing really poorly – you know, I don't know if he might get traded and go to like a contender. You know, there's been talk about Ball getting traded and how he might not fit in with their future plans. And and then Stephen Adams is kind of a, maybe not the best fit next to Zion because they both play down low and they can't shoot at all. So mm-hmm. it's just a, it's a talented team like we talked about, but maybe not the best pieces that fit together. I think Ingram and Zion fit well together, but I don't think – I think they need to get a more of a stretch five to play with Zion because Zion's obviously going to be down low a lot. So if they can get a, a big man that can kind of step out and shoot and bring, bring people away from the paint, give Zion more room to operate. I think that's kind of where they need to go. So, so yeah, we'll see what happens. That's true. We will see. I mean, in some of the trade rumors, LaMarcus Aldridge right here, Chris uh, Porzingis, even though, there's a rumor that the Mavericks aren't shopping them, but there's another rumor saying they are. It's just on the DL. Uh, we all expect Aldridge to get traded. That's become a thing. Uh, the man you said, Steph Curry, former MVP, is playing like an MVP again. Uh, and then the young point guards. These are all teams right here that are fighting for their seventh and eighth spots. Um, John Morant, DeAndre Fox are playing good ball right now. And, of course, Zion. Uh, Paul, I think you're a big Zion fan, right? Yeah, man. I mean, 20 years old and already averaging 25 and seven, you know, I think he's obviously going to have some limitations as far as, you know, shooting, but he's already improved his free throw percentage too. I think he's in the, I think he's shooting about 67%. So man, he's only a few away from 70. If he can even hover around low seventies, I think that's, you'd take that from him. So, um, you know, is he going to be a guy you can like, he can create his own shot from the outside, take people off the dribble, you know, step back kind of that traditional mold. You think of when you think of like your first option as a scorer, you think of that guy who can get a shot anytime, you know, takes maybe a, some fadeaways or step back threes, you know, kind of, that's kind of how the game has been going, but he's kind of that, you know, throwback in a sense with his skill set. So I think, you know, you just got to compliment him well with some, you know, I think he, I think Ingram compliments him really well because you know, he can shoot from outside and kind of create his own shot. So, so yeah, I mean, I think the dude, I and mean, we talked about, it, I think 
easily he'll be a perennial all-star. I don't know if he'll ever be a top five, you know, player in the league, but I mean, I don't think there's any reason why he can't make all-star games every, every year from here on out. No, I get you. I hear you. Uh, so I'm with you both on the Mavericks and Warriors winning, you know, winning and earning those last two playoff seasons in the West. I'm not saying they're going to win, you know, in the playoffs, but I think they make it in over these other four teams. Dill, if you had to pick between John Morant, DeAndre Fox, the Grizzlies, and the Kings, who has a better crack at the playoffs? Um, I say the Grizzlies. Uh, I actually like their team. Um Pretty much. Uh, they got a lot of young players there. Right. And they got a couple vets there to kind of help along the way. Uh, but I think just job in general, I think he's a better leader uh, personally. Uh, it, nothing against Darian. I'm just trying to pick one over the other at this point. Um, but, yeah, I, I think they would be able to make the push over uh, the Kings at this point. I think the Kings, I know they're only two games away, but that's still pretty significant by the time the season comes uh, to the close here. So, you know, I'll definitely keep a close eye on both of them, but I think John Morant and just overall the Grizzlies roster is just a little bit better. So I think they'll uh, be competitive and actually make that push versus the Kings at this point. And then, Paul, the man in the middle, Chris Stapps, KP, if he's healthy, say, say he plays the rest of the year and say in the postseason he doesn't miss a game in the postseason and the, and the Mavs make the playoffs and say they don't meet the Lakers in round one. You know, would things shake out in the end? Say they play any other team in the West. Can the Mavs win a first-round series? Absolutely. I definitely think they can. You know, like you said, if if Porzingis plays the rest of the way, you know, they got they got Luca, they got Josh Richardson now, who they picked up from Philly last year. Um, Finney Smith is a nice, you know, compliment. He, he can play defense. He can knock down some threes. I like them. You know, they got some shooting off the bench. They got uh, Kleber. They got um, – and then Tim Hardaway can fill it up. So, I really like their team a lot. Um, I'd love – personally, I'd love to see a Clippers rematch in the first round. I think they got – Yes. You know, they got robbed a little bit last year with those those weird technical fouls, and then Porzingis couldn't play the rest of the season. So, that was just a weird thing. But, man, sign me up for that rematch. You know, I think – but, yeah, I think they can – I don't know if they can beat – I think the Suns, they could beat the Lakers with AD, I don't think. but And then the Jazz, that's tough too. But um, I think they could beat the Clippers or the Suns, though, in a, in a seven-game series. Nice. Nice. All right. Good stuff. And we've been talking a lot about this right here. <laughs> talking about – most valuable player it's always going to be a debate right so i threw these candidates here some are from you guys some are from me and some from a buddy that couldn't make the show all good he still contributed some content um he's here in spirit he's watching uh so paul your question is who are our our top mvp candidates and if you're listening to this I would love it if you would just press pause for like a minute or two, shoot us your top three candidates on Twitter or Facebook, whichever platform you prefer in the YouTube comments, which it's where you're watching this. So whatever's easier for you, shoot us your MVP candidates. Love to hear it, but also tell us why and what you're looking for in an MVP. That's important. 
Um, if we're if we're not playing, you know, on a level playing field with, hey, this is what we look for in an MVP, then it's kind of like, oh, you're just throwing out names and and whatever. So first, let's get all the names on the board in in your order, Paul. Um, we'll circle back around to to the reasons and what you look for after that. Um, so Paul, give us your three, then Dill. All right. Well, I got I got Embiid number one. Um, just a little bit, you know, obviously he's having the best year of his career for sure. You know, leading the number one, number one team in the East. Um, so I feel like, you know, we'll get into more reasons why later, but he's my number one. I got number two, I got Jokic putting up a crazy year. You know, his team's right there in the mix. And then my number three was tough, but I went with uh, Dame because I feel like he's overcome the most because of um, McCollum not being there and, and uh, Nurkic being out the whole year and them still being, you know, up there with the top teams. I feel like he's been just amazing this year. So those are my three. And you, you know what, man, you and Dill are running the two man game today, just two man game. It's just you guys on one side of the court, just <laughs> killing the defense today. Uh, your top two are the same, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it is what it is, especially when it comes to this category. I think this year, especially, I think there's no doubt with two of these dudes, uh, Joel Embiid, uh, definitely number one in my book right now. Number two, I definitely have Joker as well. Uh, number three is tough because Dame is my guy. I definitely wanted to put him in the category here, but I think what's being set up here in the second half of the season, especially with the recent news that came out today, I got LeBron as the third one here. Um, we'll, kind of probably talk a little bit more about that, but those are the three dudes uh, that I see kind of the second half here leading the charge. Um, just wish Embiid didn't take this bill that he just recently did, unfortunately. Did you guys hear any news on that yet? Yeah, he's, he's out two, two weeks, maybe three weeks. So it's a bone bruise, so he should be okay. But um, yeah, be, hopefully he's soon, back sooner or later. Exactly. Got it. So is it fair to say – I know we're picking our MVPs up to the All-Star break. Is it fair to say that maybe Embiid is not going to win it now? Mm, I don't think so. I mean, two or three weeks, you know, that is kind of – that's a decent amount of time. But I don't know. I feel like it depends. You know, that's what, maybe five, five to eight. Five to seven. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like – the way he's been playing and if he continues that after he comes back i don't see any reason why he he still wouldn't be considered for it because you know unless he missed like 20 over 20 games or something like that so i get it for sure um I, it is tough i have the two bigs in my in my top three as well Embiid and joker clearly easily in my top three that's a clean sweep right here they got a hat trick uh Thing is, I got – yeah, I put Embiid at three. I had to do a triple take because I'm like, yeah. I, I got I got Embiid at three with Joker at two. And number one is uh, the guy Dylan mentioned, Mr. Year 18, LeBron James is who I have. More on that in a moment. And the, and the why. Uh, just not being – not just because it's LeBron and blah, blah, blah. But – um. All right, so we got all our names on the table. You guys see the stats here if you're watching. 
so Dylan and I both have LeBron in the top three. Uh, and then all three of us have Embiid and Jokic in the top three, where Paul has Dame. And um, let's see. And then our buddy Josh, yep, Dame time. And then our buddy Josh, he actually put Steph Curry and Chris Paul in his top three. Um, that's why they're on this list. He could, again, couldn't make the show. It's all good. Um, I, I liked his perspective as well, so I kept it in. Um, so, yeah, um, you see the numbers. And then um, – Paul, give us what you look for in a most valuable player candidate. Um, well, obviously you gotta have the stats, number one. It's definitely not everything, but you know, you gotta show that hey, like you're taking on a lot of responsibility as far as you know, scoring, rebounding assists, you know, whatever it is that, you know, however that is that impacts the game greatly. But um obviously besides that, you know. You definitely want to see, you know, how they how they interact with other players. You know, are they a good leader? You know, are they are they vocal during you know timeouts where, you know, maybe a player's down and they're they're helping them out. You know, just kind of you can kind of sense that leadership just from watching the games. And then, you know, obviously, are they making others better? You know, sometimes it's not just about assists or anything. Sometimes it's about hey, I'm taking the double team. You know, I'm taking a double team so. I'm going to open up opportunities for other players, you know, to maybe have better shooting looks and that can lead to, you know, role players having career years because of that. So that's something I definitely look at, you know, as far as, you know, are they making others better? Um, and then lastly, I'll say, what are they, what are they like? How the team look without them? If, you know, if they miss a night due to injury or what have you, you know, what, what is that team looking like? Does it look a lot different? Are they still able to, you know, kind of score the same amount of points or, or have the same, you know, margin of victory? Do they, do they look like just an average team now compared to what they were before, you know? So that's kind of, those are kind of my main criteria of what I look at. Yeah, I'm definitely in a similar boat there. Um, like Paul said, stats aren't everything. So I wrote down production. Uh, again, you got to have some numbers there, right? <laughs> uh, that's definitely got to be in the in the discussion there. Um, team success as well. That kind of plays into what he just mentioned. Um, one, what is your record, right? Are, are you a winning team? Are you in the playoff hunt? Are you in the top two, three uh, in your respective conference? Um, and also, like you said, if you're not there, if you are missing games, what happens to your team, right? Are you still there vocally as a leader as well? Um, that's kind of the third category for me as well, leadership, uh, both on and off the court. Uh, you got to be able to, and again, just like Paul mentioned, uh, make your team better, um, whether you're on the court or not. There's so many ways to impact a basketball game, uh, but most of these dudes are able to get, you know, 30, 35, 40 minutes a night. Um, but it's just awesome to see, like, all these dudes step up as leaders, like Dame over time. Um, you know, Steph Curry, just to shout them out just because they weren't on my list. But um, and Chris Paul as well, doing his thing out there in Phoenix. So but yeah, just seeing Joel Embiid as well, kind of take that uh, ownership of it and realizing kind of the opportunity he has both with his talent and what he can do with his teammates is uh, pretty awesome. And yeah, these clips right here, um, that's just <laughs> insane. Uh, you package all that in and uh, I'm just loving seeing all these bigs getting some love this year. Um, I know kind of the the sport has been saying, you know, there's no more bigs anymore and we're kind of getting away from that. I never really felt like it. I, I understood uh, kind of why that sentiment was. 
Um, but I think ultimately it's, it's cyclical. Um, you're going to need a big guy to win. Um, you're going to need him to produce, uh, especially in big moments in the playoffs. So um, yeah, shout out to these guys and production leadership and team success. That's kind of what rounds out to me to be a MVP. I hear you. I think most can agree with both of you. Uh, I chime in on what I look for. I mean, you guys, I mean, it's for the most part, fairly evident what to look at. It's just very subjective and preference based for what combination you, you kind of prefer and what your eye, you know, the eye test, what it shows you any given year. I mean, winning stats. I look at situation uh, that matters to me. Uh, such as Paul mentioning what the adversity Damian Lillard's going through, uh, you know, not having your backcourt mate, but the second best player on the team too, uh, one of the best sidekicks in the game, and CJ McCollum. That's huge. That is big time. So Dame is on probably m- most people's list. Uh, maybe not top three, like you know, minor years still, but um, yeah, Dave definitely gets that respect, and he has a whole second half to to put a stamp on it and to possibly win it. So. Not like I'm rooting against him. I totally love it. Um, but just using that as an example of why situation matters to me, um, along with impact and intangibles, just stuff you can't really measure, kind of like Paul, um, it, the, the illustration he gave about leadership. That's important. You guys know that. We know that. If you play the game or even coached or whatever, you watch. You Leadership is very evident. Uh, and these plays are just ridiculous, man. I, I put it on a clip. Sorry. I'm watching uh, Jokic and just Embiid. We're all watching. Um, but, yeah, uh, to, to get back, situation. So am I jumping out of 2020 to 2021 season a little bit? I am. Yes, I am. Uh, maybe it's unfair. Uh, but this is why I'm picking LeBron James as my midseason MVP. Similar adversity without Anthony Davis. Look at the rest of that team, too. I mean, yeah, some players are nice, but are they nice? I I, I don't think so. Uh, and this is year 18, and that's what I mean about taking other th- outside factors into account. For me, for Joker and all these guys you see uh, in, in the running, uh, Dame, CP3, Steph, Embiid, um, nothing against anyone. I, I love, I love great hoop. I want to see everyone at their peak. Uh, I want to say I, every year is the greatest that that's the type of fan I am. Uh, but I mean, if I'm seeing LeBron do things in year 18 and his numbers are similar to everyone else's, if not, you know, more balanced when you're looking at the statistics as we did earlier, I'll put them up in a moment. It's just, I just see that much more from everybody else then I need to see that much more to be most valuable player so can I can I just easily in black and white define what Embiid has to do what Joker has to do not really I I couldn't tell you on paper what what that looks like but you know AD coming back in a week or two or something yeah that's gonna that's gonna hurt LeBron's MVP chances I think he's on a mission I don't think he's going to sit out like Kawhi Leonard, a player I have a problem with. Um, I, I don't like players sitting out. I think it's weak. Do I understand it? Sure. Um, but, yeah, that, that's why I got LeBron, um, King James, as my midseason MVP is the dude's putting up 26-8-8, eight and eight, man. Like, it's ridiculous. And 
should I be isolating this one season? Sure. But I mean, even if you do that, his numbers are right there anyway. So, so let me put these numbers back up so we can, um, so we can share, uh, Paul, I know you didn't have LeBron in your top three. Do you even think he's a candidate? Oh yeah. I mean, it was between him and him and Lillard for three. Um, but the reason why I went with Dame is, um, you know, obviously he's, I feel like he's literally carrying that team. Like the fact that they're the number they're I think they're tied for the fifth seed right now. They literally, I mean, like I said, McCollum and Nurkic are out. They literally have no one else on that team. Robert Covington, they picked up, but he's been trashed this year. Can't make a shot to save his life this year. So, okay. I mean, if you just look at, they're, they're depending on Carmelo. Carmelo's their probably number two score right now. And he's coming off the bench. So it's just it's just sad what he has to work with and the fact that they're still like the tied for the fifth seed in the West in a very competitive conference, no less. I just think it speaks volumes about how damn good that guy is. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to interject real quick. I, maybe it's recency bias or something. Whenever I hear Carmelo Anthony, do you know what name pops in my head? <laughs> Anthony Edwards, his what? dad. Oh man! Other night, man, he's just uh, he's going off a pick, and Melo don't know how to act, how to play it. He just goes down the lane, just bashes it over some dude past Melo, and then he hits a three over Melo. Dude, yeah. he ain't in the MVP combo or anything, but Anthony Edwards is a highlight reel. Good gracious, man. Hey, will, will will Edwards be in the MVP conversation at some point in his career? I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll go that yeah. far, but hey, I'm all for it. Keep falling out, keep developing. <laughs> but but I think a narrative, um, you know, that's definitely something most people might not agree on, right? Because you might not subscribe to a certain narrative that might be pushed uh, as far as the MVP discussion. And I think what can actually uh, benefit LeBron James now, I think news broke earlier, Anthony Davis is out at least another three weeks. So uh, LeBron going on a post-All-Star game tear, that's something he's always, I guess, known for, uh, getting into his playoff mode, right, a couple of years ago. I know it didn't really go well, uh, unfortunately, that year. But uh, I think this specific year, this can be the push he needs because I think he'll be able to finish top two in the West. Um, I think they can beat out the Suns, um, you know, just because I don't know if the Suns can sustain the pace that they're at, but I still think the Suns will finish top four. Uh, but I think if LeBron finishes top two, he's going to be able to push for that narrative, especially with AD out for, you know, TBD at this point. They're, they're going to take a cautious approach because they're just coming off a championship run. So I think that can help LeBron. He's going to get his stats. Um, he's on all these lists. And uh, for me, I think – Lillard is kind of making the list now again for me over Embiid. I just think because he's going to miss maybe five to seven games, that's about 15 missed games on the season here. Uh, fair or not, that just I, I know that's how it, it can kind of sway some votes in that regard. So I'm thinking maybe Embiid misses out just solely for that. And I don't think it's right. You know, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right. Um, but I think that could definitely impact voters as we do move forward through the second part of the season here. Is there um, – I'll start with you, Paul. Is there a path for Steph Curry to win MVP this season? Or is this too – or 
Or do you think the team sneaking into the playoffs, you know, they probably won't get higher than a seven seed. Uh, you think that's too much to overcome for Steph? Yeah, I mean, that's tough. They'd have to, they'd have to kind of crack that top four, I think, and go on a crazy run. Right now, they're not even a top eight. You know, I think the fact that they're 500, you know, he's playing super well. But, you know, I just feel like they have to have a little more team success for me to kind of consider him, you know, putting moving them up higher. So I think they'd have to go on a kind of a run to at least get themselves in the top four, I would think. And then at that point, I would definitely consider it. And I think a lot of it is also because of Steve Kerr as well. Some of it can be because of that. I mean, the Warriors have no bench either. Um, and Kerr is kind of being cautious because Draymond and Steph are both older and they've had injury problems. So I think if you look at Steph compared to these other guys, his minutes per game are probably a little lower. So I think that kind of holds him back a little bit and maybe holds back the team's success from maybe they'd be a little better if they played more, but then, you know, he doesn't want to tire him out. He knows he's got to get him through a whole season. So, so yeah, that's kind of how it is for me. I think they'd have to really move up into that top four conversation. Hmm. That's, that's fair. Totally fair. What do you think, Dill? Oh yeah, that's going to be tough. Uh, I agree with him there. Um, I'm kind of saying the same thing about Joker too. So I guess it kind of goes hand in hand. I just don't really see those guys getting legitimate, um, the MVP nod, if you will, uh, unless they do finish in the top four. Obviously, the Nuggets are closer, right? They're at 23 wins or so right now. They're only about three, four games out. Uh, but, yeah, I think for Steph Curry to be considered and actually win over a bunch of votes, he's got to crack that top four, which I, I don't see happening at this pace. But uh, I definitely think, you know, he can make a strong case. I just don't think he's going to sway any voters his way. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Did anyone? Hey, did anyone have uh, Giannis in their top five? I mean, I know he's kind of like the boring pick because he's done it yeah. every year and he's won it. He's won it already, so it's kind of like, well, you know, let's give it to someone else. But I mean, if you look at what the guy's doing, he's still putting up crazy numbers and the teams in the top three in the East. So I mean, yeah, you know, he just he rolls out of bed. He's averaging twenty nine, eleven, and six. It's like it's ridiculous. So. It's kind of it's kind of crazy that we went this whole this whole segment of talking about MVP candidates and we have six guys up there and not one of them's Giannis. It's just kind of interesting. I love that you brought him up because I was about to ask you guys what player not listed here <laughs> would, would you, <laughs> you throw on the board? Uh, that that was going to be my player. I'm with you on Giannis. Um, I like Giannis. I don't love Giannis, but I like him. I think his game is is so smooth. He's well-rounded. I just, from day one up till now, there's just something about him. I don't think he's an alpha. Not that everyone has to be. I'm not saying everyone has to be the same player and be good at all the same things. I just don't see him leading anyone to a title. I know it takes a team. I just mean, you know, given – a best possible roster and circumstance and all that. I think he has to be the second guy. I don't view that as a negative, but maybe some people will. Um, Is that a negative deal or do you disagree? Um, No, I don't disagree. I I definitely see where you're coming from. (laughs) I just, I don't know. It's (laughs) definitely just tough barriers. 
uh, for me personally as well. Um, like Paul said, super talented. He's putting up ridiculous numbers just like he did last year in his MVP season. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know, but I definitely agree. It's uh, it's a little crazy that he's might not be on this list, but it's definitely understandable. And I think that just attests to how much good ball individual play that there is out there right now um, that we kind of forget uh, former MVP, you know, at this point uh, in this situation here. Um, I guess to play a little devil's advocate, I wouldn't throw it out there, but I've seen people throwing this name out there. Uh, but James Harden, uh, again, I... I know he probably has the asterisk because of that situation he's in, but dude's still playing out of control if you just look at the numbers and the advanced stats. So uh, if you're a stat nerd, you're probably putting him on your list. Uh, otherwise, narrative-wise, he's probably not getting any votes, which is understandable. Paul, you care to respond to that? <laughs> I mean, no, I, I, I can't I can't argue with the numbers he's putting up. You know, he's, he's leading the league in assists easily since he got traded you know he's he's you know he's playing more I guess team ball than I thought he would you know in Houston he was just kind of like step back three 15 times a game and we'll see how many drop you know um but but no he's I think he's done a good job of getting others involved you know I, and I think he's over the past few years he's really shown how good of a passer he is, you know, you kind of just realize, you know, Oh, wow, this guy's a 30 point per game scorer. And then you're like, Oh, wow. He actually was like averaging over 10 assists a game the last couple of years. So, I mean, the dude can really, you know, set up others and, you know, get, get everyone else going too. So I got to give him some credit for that, but I, I agree with Dylan, you know, the whole, just everything that's happened this year, it's just, just, it makes it hard for him to be in consideration. For sure. I'm anti-Nets, but whatever. <laughs> hey, I, I understand. <laughs> and, All right. So before we get out of here, I have three rounds of rosters for you guys. I'll throw out a team. Y'all know, know the game. We've been doing this for years since we were little. Um, man. So basically, it, it's going to be you two because obviously I wrote down the rosters. I looked them up. So you two alternating naming players until you run out. If you can't think of, <laughs> you can't think of one, simply say I'm out. This, this is the elimination game. Oh man, so, Paul's gonna get me. I already know. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's been a while, but we we haven't we haven't you know shared shared this fun game we used to stay up all night doing for every team in the NBA. The NFL. <laughs> uh, I thought you guys might appreciate it coming back. All right, first team, the Miami Heat. All right, who gets the honors? Go for it, whoever wants to. Uh, I'll kick it off with Myers Leonard. <laughs> oh, man. How dare you? Um, I'll go with uh, Mr. Hero. Uh, Duncan Robinson. Duncan. Uh, James Butler. <laughs> Oh man, my name's Jimmy. Uh, bam. Well, bam. Um, let's see who else can we go with here? Um, uh, who's, oh, Olenek. Avery Bradley. Oh, dang. Has he even <laughs> played this year? <laughs> I, honestly, I don't even know at this point. Oh, man. Um, let's see who else they got coming off that bench. Um, 
Precious Achua. Oh man. The rook. Hey, y'all are not Googling, right? No. No, no. Um is Udonis Haslam still on the squad? I feel like this is like his last year. Is he still like a coach player, technically? Yeah, he's pulling the Juwan Howard for sure. Dang. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, his roster is 16 here. Damn, 16 you got on there? All right. Um, let's see. Oh, man, I got to get some other ones. Um, Max Struess. Wow. Ooh, wow. Ooh, I think you got me there. Let me see. I'll try. Let me see. Oh, come on, bro. We're probably missing one. That's like I know. I'm sure there's like an obvious one. Oh, Goran Dragage. Nice. There you go. Oh, man. Let's see if I can pull another one. Um, Jeez. Disrespect. I know. Really? Um... I see you typing, Dill. Me? I'm not even typing. No. You, you, you would be able to hear my keyboard, trust me. <laughs> oh, man. See? Um, dang. Nope. Well, Dang's no longer on the Miami Heat. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Oh, man. Oof. Dude, that's tough. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm done. I'm maxed out after Goron. <laughs> oh, so wow. Unless his brother's on the team still. Paul a little disappointed for uh, not naming Andre Iguodala. Oh, uh, Iggy. Yeah. Wow. Gun, anybody? Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's the names right there, diehards. There's the names. Gabe Vincent. Wow. Dang. Mo Parkless. No love. Wow. Oh, Mo. I. Sorry, no. I'll just say that. <laughs> Dang. Well, that's the depth chart right there for the Miami Heat. Uh, let's see. Y'all ready for the next squad? <laughs> Not really, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, you went first on that one? Uh, no, nah, I did. No, Dylan went first. All right, switch it up. Oh, the clips. Um. Who should I start with? Uh, uh, Sweet Lou, Sweet Lou. Why? Why? Um, PG. Bad Bev. Nice. Um, they still got Reggie Jackson. They do. Okay. So. Uh, Zubach. Ooh, the Zoobs. Nice. Um, uh, Luke Kennard, your boy. Dang, I was going to say it next. Uh, Ibaka. <laughs> um, let's see. Who else is left in that starting group? Oh, uh, uh, Marcus Morris. Batum. Wow. Nice. All right. Let's see. Bench mob. Who we got? Uh, Patrick Patterson? Mm-hmm. Oh, give man. It, give me that. Give me He's that. He's still there. Let's see. 
Good luck with these last four. Yeah, this is – I'm struggling. I feel like I know one more big. I can't think of it. Damn. Yeah, you got me. I don't think I can get anybody else, man. This was hard for me. Ooh, oh, yeah. Terrence Mann. Near. Is that two different people? Mufondo and then come no. no. <laughs> That's a long name. Uh, uh, yeah. Wow. That was tough. Yeah. Wow. That was I tough. Be, yeah. I was that was definitely out after, <laughs> after pretty, the last one they threw out. You guys max out this roster right here. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Amir coffee. All right. Bro. Oh, man. All right. You're first, I guess. Utah. Uh, yes. Calmly. <laughs> hey, real quick, diehards, if you want to play this elimination game, go ahead and pause this. Or actually, you don't even have to pause it. You can do it with these guys. Try to name all the players before before we get to the stopping point to the end here. Uh, last team of the night, Utah Jazz. Did you say first? Uh, I, I kicked it off with Conley, but I'm sure okay. the comment section are yelling at us for all the easy names we're forgetting. Um, Donovan Mitchell. Who? Who? Uh, Mr. Gobert. Gobert. Um, Royce O'Neal. Nice. Uh, Joe Ingles. <laughs> yeah. Jordan Clarkson. Um, is he there? Dang. Oh, I'm trying to think of something. Will Bynum? No. Wow. Damn. I know. <laughs> Blast from the past. Right? I know. I was like, dang. Um... <laughs> Will Bynum, you got me, dude. <laughs> No, it was another dude I was thinking of. He might be on the Nuggets, Barton or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Pissing's on my brain, bro. Um, wow, Jazz. <laughs> There's got to be another guy. Tapping out. Let me see. Yeah, that's disrespectful. I don't watch the Jazz, man. Not like that. <laughs> Bring it home for the win, Paul. What you got, uh, Paul? George Niang. Oh, man. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Oh, Bogdanovich. Now I think of it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Bogdanovich. Yeah. That's who I was missing. Yeah, from the starting group. Who else you got? Who else I got? Ooh. He used to score. He used um, to score? <laughs> he used to start for them. For the jazz? Oh, wow. Um, He's a big, uh, right? I think that's what you're alluding to. Oh, man. Possibly. Is Favors still there? Yep. That, that's what that's, I was, who, yep. that's the only other guy yep. I might know. <laughs> yeah. That, Jeez. That's yeah, him. That's him, yeah. Yeah. And then before I show you the depth chart, there's only a few names left, but do you know who they recently signed? Oh. Ersan. Yep. Ilyasova. Oh, dang. Nice. Yeah. 
Those are the names. <laughs> Juwan Morgan. Wow. Yeah, my bad, Bogdanovic. <laughs> yeah. My apologies. That's disrespectful. Bojan. Those are some good ones. Oh, man. Hey, so now we know. You know um, the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Clippers better than you know the best team in the National Basketball Association in 2021. Story of the year. Look at the all-star picks. <laughs> oh, man. Isn't that what LeBron meant? He, he didn't say anything wrong. <laughs> who, who? Okay, out of us three, who would pick the Jazz? Not just because we got bored and didn't want to use the other teams, but, like, who would actually pick the Jazz? I, I, I picked Stockton Malone. Stockton Malone. Any other Jazz team? Oh, hell no. Exactly. That's what LeBron was saying. <laughs> man, yep. It's crazy. Oh, man. Thanks for playing the elimination game, guys. That was fun. Diehards, hope you had a good time with that. Uh, again, let us know. Do you think the Pelicans are going to make a playoff push? None of us do. We have the Mavericks and the Warriors in as the final two seeds in the West. As for the Eastern Conference, we have the same two teams at the top, and I think you do as well. Uh, if you don't, you're probably in the minority there. We have either the Nets or the Sixers going to the finals. We didn't give you a team in the West, but maybe you'll have to catch us next time for that. Uh, we'll give you a how we think the West will shake out, and the answer is probably going to be the Lakers, but hey, is what it is. Um, but yeah, uh, and then um, – let us know your MVP candidates, top three. And then beyond that, why? Why do you have so-and-so number one? What do you look for in an MVP candidate? And uh, and then we also went over the biggest surprise and biggest disappointments uh, as far as teams through the All-Star break. Hey, we still have a stretch run to go. It's all good. Uh, we still have time for playoff pushes, MVP runs. And... Hey, I'm just excited. Hey, we might actually see New York make the playoffs again. Uh, we might see the Warriors get stormed back into the playoffs by Steph. Uh, maybe there's a, a sleeping giant in the Mavericks if Luka gets his giant to stay in the lineup in KP. Um, all right, guys. When all is said and done, who wins MVP? Damn, straight up. Straight up. When all is said and done, who wins MVP? And we're out. I'm sticking to my guns, MB. This is fine, <laughs> but sticking to it. All right. Hey, fair enough. I can't even fault you with that, Paul. But Mr. Year 18, LeBron James will take it home. Mm, all right. Well, that's what I got. We'll bring it home with two LeBrons out of three choices here. MB can do some Shaq like things. I love Embiid under Doc Rivers. Let's hear your thoughts on that as well, diehards. We had a lot to talk about. So, I mean, you got a lot to type. Get to it. And we'll see you next time. Peace.